So Father's Day, I couldn't help but start before I get into my message, share a few dad jokes with you. So if you know anything about dad jokes, they're not always the best jokes. But I'm a dad, and I like them. The corny they are, sometimes the better they are. So if you want to make a dad feel good this morning, you can laugh at my corny dad jokes. Maybe you've heard them before. That's okay. You can still laugh at them anyways. So what did the buffalo say to his son as he walked out the door? Bye, son. Yes, thank you, thank you, making me feel good. Horrible, cheesy, I know. I'd heard that one before. I hadn't heard this one before. This is appropriate for COVID this last year. Did you hear about the yacht builder that had to work from home? His sales went right through the roof. But All right. I saw a lady at the bank checking her balance, so I pushed her over. I like that one. Um, <laughs> did you hear about the cheese factory that blew up? Debris was everywhere. Pretty cheesy, pretty cheesy. All right, last one, last one. I won't make you go through the whole, I won't, keep, I won't bore you. What is the best part about living in Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag's a big plus. Oh, come on. Lame, right? The lamer it is, the better, the more of a dad joke it really is. Um, I love those. My kids get embarrassed. As you can see, my kids aren't even here today. I think they were so embarrassed they had to go help with the kids' class. Like, Dad, I don't want to hear your stupid jokes. Um, so I get to pick on them because they're not here. Um, no, I won't. They, they always, it seems like they often get thrown into my message. I, I try not to be too mean to them, but they'll probably show up anyways. So the title of this morning's message where we're headed, uh, the title is Three Things Every Father Wants. Three Things Every Father Wants. And I know this Father's Day, um, some of us in this room have incredible dads. Some of us had not so great representations of, of, of our Heavenly Father. But we all have a Heavenly Father above who is good and who has our best interests always in mind. And so no matter what, there is some things here that are representing our Father in Heaven. But I think it represents every father, no matter how crummy a dad can be or how great a dad can be, there is innate a God desire within a dad to see these things over their children. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Three things every father wants. Really quick, you're stuck with a pastor that always thinks about movies and quotes from music and all that stuff. We watched a movie the other day. Um, it was on Netflix. Uh, the Blue Miracle? The Blue, the Blue Miracle. I don't, know, I don't know if it was a Christian film or not, but it had very good Christian themes. Very clean family movie. And uh, there's this fisherman who was pretty crass and unscrupulous and anyways not a good role model and a whole bunch of these orphan boys go onto this boat go fishing with him and they find out that he left his wife and son because he was chasing after trophies and these orphan boys in Mexico on this boat they're like really like my dad was a drug lord my dad went to jail like I'd rather my dad die of drugs than to have a dad who gave me up for trophies of fishing right and so like making this guy feel horrible and um as the guy was giving his speech this kind of Bad guy, the whole thing turns around at the end. He wants to go visit his, you know, they win the big fishing tournament, and he wants to go see his son and restore everything. So it's good. But in that, you even see this dad who's being represented as a horrible father. You see within him this desire. He wants things for his kid. Even though he was being a bad father, he still had these desires over his kids. And so I feel like no matter where we're at, I know, unfortunately, statistics show that over the last several generations, 
dads have not been showing up like they did in the past. And I just want to speak to this, that this is something that every dad wants. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care if they're a drug lord. There's something innate that every dad wants something good for their child. And so I'm going to point these things out, but I'm going to say that we can expand upon these things. This is what God wants for you as his child. And what is Father's Day? What do we want to do for our fathers? How do you honor your father? Here's some things that your fathers want, right? They don't always want another tie or another mug, the number one best dad, right? They want some things from their kids. And here's three things that every father wants. So number one, a child who grows, a child who grows, and it seems like, well, that seems really strange. What are you talking about, Pastor Ryan? A child who grows. I'm thinking about um, the story or the verse in the Bible, Luke 2.52. says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus had to grow physically in stature, right? Every dad, when a child is born, wants their child healthy, right? Do they have 10 fingers, 10 toes? Uh, are they healthy? That's what they want. They want their child to be healthy. They want their child to grow as an infant, right? I'm, we're feeding, we're nurturing, we're taking care, we're protecting, providing. We're doing things to make sure that baby grows, puts on weight, doesn't just stay an infant, but continues to grow. I was thinking about um, my own boys, Benjamin, when he was my firstborn. Uh, as he was starting to walk and learning to talk and all these things, it wasn't planned. It was nothing I heard my dad say. But as he was growing, I realized I'm not just raising a boy. I'm raising a future man, right? Fathers and mothers, they kind of raise with different mindsets. Mothers, they always want to nurture and protect and keep as safe as possible. As a dad, safe as possible isn't always my highest priority. I want my child to grow. I want him to mature. I want him to become a man, right? And so as he's learning to walk and he would skin his knee and have a little bit of blood, it just came out of my mouth one day. Oh, that's a good owie. That's actually good for boys. It's good for boys to get hurt. That little bit of blood, it's making you tough. It's making you stronger, right? And so I would tell him, that's a good owie. And then he, I'm picking on Benjamin. Benjamin, the, the thinker that he is, probably the second or third time I said that, he says, well, Dad, what's a bad owie? And I was like, oh, I didn't think that through. I'm like, a bad owie is when we have to go to the doctors and you have to get stitchers or you have a broken bone. Like, that's a bad owie. That's too far, you know, right? And so, but I just realized there's something innate about a dad. We want our kids to grow. We want them to mature. We want them to not stay in the same place. Uh, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, my oldest has now passed me up in growth, right? He's taller than me. Uh, some people were here the other week and they hadn't seen him in a year due to COVID. They're like, oh my gosh, your son is taller than you. I'm like, yes, he's huge, right? But the Lord answered my prayer. I wanted my kids to outdo me in every way. And so thankfully, I believe this. I don't know if this is scientific or not. Someone's got to find this out for me. But I heard someone say, and I believe it, every boy is taller than their mother. I have not been able to unprove that. Um, Every boy is taller than their mother, and since Jen and I are about the same height, that means all my boys will be taller than me, so they will all outdo me. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, I'm talking about physically, right? So Jesus grew in stature. Of course, I want my kids to grow physically. I want them to get stronger. But more importantly, I want my kids as a dad, I want my kids to grow spiritually, mentally, right? I send them to school. I want them to get good grades. I do all these things to make sure they're learning something. I don't want them to stay in the same place. My desire as a dad is for my kids to grow and to learn and to mature. That's the same thing about your heavenly father. He wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to stay stagnant, staying in the same place. He, he always wants you to learn something new. There is so much. I love that God is an infinite God, and it will take us all of eternity to unpack and figure out all of who God is and all of his creation, that we will be discovering things 10 trillion years from now. We'll be discovering new things that God has done. And I love that. So we will always be learning no matter what. And that's just part of how God has created us as children, that we should have a curiosity for life. 
It makes me happy as a dad when I see my kids hungry to learn. When I see them sitting in front of an iPad watching a mindless cartoon all day long, that does not make me happy, right? But when they're asking questions, and sometimes asking questions all day long, it drives me nuts, but I love when my kids are asking questions. It means they want to know something. Your heavenly father loves when you ask him questions. He never gets upset with you. So I, I love, uh, it was years ago, we had the young adults come back from a camp and they uh, shared a, a kind of a testimony of uh, uh, the picture of a father. That our father in heaven, he's not like a father who's reading the newspaper in his comfy, you know, lazy boy chair. And the kid is outside playing and the kid thinks he hears the dad call their name. And so the kid runs in and says, yeah, dad, you called me. And the first image is of a dad that pulls down the newspaper and says, I didn't call you. Stop bothering me. Get out of here. And some of us kind of feel like God. We have an image of God that way, that he's busy with more important things, that we're playing, doing little things on earth, and we don't have time to bother Father, who's busy. They said, no, actually, what if it was like we had a picture of Father who was sitting in a chair, reading the newspaper, we're outside playing, having fun, and we run in and we say, Daddy, I heard my name. Did you call me? And the dad says, oh, I didn't call you. I wasn't asking for you, but the fact that you want to come into my presence and you want to spend time with me, I'll put down my newspaper. I have time for you. I want to spend time with you. That's the father. Even when we get it wrong, even when we think God is saying something and he's not saying something, if we just go to him and ask him questions, he loves that. He's never bothered by our questions. He's a good father, and he wants us to learn. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. Uh, some of these things about maturing, right? Jesus grew in stature, right? He grew, but he also grew in wisdom. He grew in knowledge. Like I said, I want my kids to get good grades. I send my kids to school. I want them to learn something. I don't want them just to um, be lazy in life, right? I want them to grow. I want them to develop. It's the same thing. I, I want my kids to learn something. One of the things I want them to learn, I'll say this is probably even more from their mother than their father, is responsibility, right? Personal responsibility. Finding things that they are responsible for themselves. I have my kids, the age group they are, right? I have teenagers and preteens, right? So this is a big season we're in right now of learning responsibility. And I feel like this is somewhat all of us in the church. We have not fully arrived. We're not fully mature yet. And there's things in our walk with the Lord where we might be preteens or teenagers, where we're exploring some things, but there's some responsibility needs to happen. If you're saved, that's great. You're an infant. But as you're walking with the Lord, there should be some more development, some more maturity, some growing up. And I was thinking about this personal responsibility. And um, this verse, I was reading through the, the book of Ezekiel. And so we're going to look at a few verses through Ezekiel. And this one in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, says this. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteous of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. What are you talking about here, Pastor? I love this verse because it is talking about fathers and children, right? A father and a son relationship. But God's word is saying that there is such a thing as personal responsibility. That I can attribute, actually I can look at my dad here, my biological dad in the room. I attribute a lot of blessings in my life from my dad. But I would, I try not to, I don't know if I'm perfect to this, but I, I would never attribute my own personal sin. Well, it's because I have a bad dad. That's why I did this. No. God's word is saying, I'm responsible, personally responsible for my own sins. I know I am highly favored to have a godly father. Not everyone in the room grew up with a godly father. 
I don't know all of what that's like, but I have an A understanding of what that could be like. And my heart goes out to you, but my heart says throughout scripture is, you know what? But you don't have to carry or bear the burdens or the sins of your father. No one in this room has a perfect father. I know I've, I've been judged the opposite way. I've been judged within the church context. Well, Ryan, you don't, Pastor, you don't know what it's like because you have a great mom and dad and you had great sisters, you had great this, everything's easy in life. And so you don't know what it's like. There's truth to that statement. I agree. I've been highly blessed. At the same time, can I say, this is like, I'm trying to be careful, tread on water very carefully here. God's word is saying, we have no excuse. No matter what your father on this earth looked like, you don't have to carry the burdens or the sins or the guilt or the shame of having an imperfect father. We are responsible for our own actions. Same thing, I'll go a little further. On Father's Day, this can be a sensitive, touchy day. There are some fathers who are good fathers and have prodigal sons. We hear the parable that Jesus gives. And there's some of us who have kids who have not done everything that we desired and hoped and prayed for. But God's word is making it clear here. As a father, as a parent, you don't carry the sins of your children. And I feel like that's important. Yes, we're called to be responsible, to steward, to pour in, to love on our kids, to, to bless them, to instruct them, to teach them. That's important. But at some point, God's word is saying, you are not responsible for your children. Their sins. Their sins are not your sins. And I feel like, this is not the heart of my message, but I feel like the Lord said, we need to say this this morning, that some of you need that truth both ways. As a parent, stop carrying guilt and shame. This Father's Day, release that. I love the father-son relationship. I love scriptures that say, whom the son sets free is free indeed. The son of God sets all of us free from any shame, guilt, or condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So as a father, where we have all done things wrong, and I can list them. I, I was th in early morning prayer, I was thinking about disciplining my kids. There's been times where I was so wrong. I disciplined my kids because I was frustrated with their bad behavior, and I was angry with them. And in my anger, I did sin. I yelled, I said things I shouldn't have said. A pastor, yes. I was an imperfect father. But I praise God I can think of times where I did get it right. When my kid sinned, did the wrong thing. And like our heavenly father, it was truly supernatural. I had compassion. And I came with mercy. And I came with a heart's desire to understand this kid who clearly got it wrong and was defiant. And I heard their heart and I got to see and speak to the good that I saw in them. Instead of just pointing out the bad, I got to speak to all the goodness and began to speak over them. All the pride, healthy pride I have over them. And to see them melt under my love rather than my condemnation. And I just felt like the Lord needed to hit that today on Father's Day. There's no condemnation. If you are in Christ as our father, he doesn't condemn you for being a bad child, for having a bad father, for being a bad father. Let's let that be known that God's grace abounds. He doesn't condemn us. There's freedom in that. He's freed us from the law of sin and death. I don't think I have the verse for that. I, we quoted Ezekiel 18:20. 10 verses later, 18:30 says this. I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the Lord. Turn away from all your offenses. 
then sin will not be your downfall in the future. So I love that. There's this idea of that personal responsibility. What does a father want? For a child to own things. I recognize where I was wrong. Again, picking on my kids, they're not here yet. Almost, I'll say almost, because I don't know if it's every single time, but almost every single time one of my kids comes to me because they're having an argument with one of their brothers or sister, right away they come to me and I stop them. Stop. I don't want to hear all of what the other person did wrong. I wasn't there. I don't know. And, I'll tell, and I always give them benefit of the doubt. I believe that your sibling is a sinner. 100% believe it. I believe they're a sinner, and I bet they did something that was not right. I believe that. I don't want to hear all of what they didn't do right. I want you in this moment to now tell me, what did you do not right? Well, I didn't do anything wrong. It was all them. And I said, I know. But as a loving father, I want to teach you to take some responsibility. You tell me what you did wrong first. And they're starting to learn that I'm going to do the same thing to their sibling. I'm not going to listen to all the stuff about what they did wrong. I want to hear what you did wrong. As a father, I want you to take responsibility. I want you to own what you did wrong. Our Father in heaven, he doesn't want to condemn us and show us all these horrible things. He just wants us to own what we did and say, God, would you forgive me? Oh, once we just ask for that, oh, that's all I'm looking for. My kids are big. I mean, my kids are not perfect. I can pick on them, right? They're not here. Almost every day of my life, my kids are fighting. I have to deal with it every day, right? I can't wait for the day where I don't have to deal with that, right? But the reality is, I want them to learn how to own what they did wrong. It brings me pleasure. They're starting to get it, starting to get it every once in a while. They'll start to say, take a deep breath. Yes, I was wrong because I did this and this and this, and then that's why they did that. Oh, do you know what joy that brings me as a father to hear my kid own what they did wrong? Oh, it feels good. And now I can praise them. I can love on them. I can, I, I want to give them good gifts. So I just, I'm sharing this morning. What does every father want? Oh, a child who can own where they're wrong. Hmm. Yeah. So that was number one. Number two, what does a father want? A father wants a child who thrives. Who thrives. I use that word thrives mean is fully alive, is flourishing, is prospering, has favor with God and man. Going back to that verse, right? Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. As a father, we want our kids to enjoy life. When I see my kids laughing and enjoying their sibling, oh, it's music to my ears, right? When I hear bickering, oh, it drives me nuts. But when I hear them actually getting along and being kind to each other and loving each other, as a father, that is my delight to hear my kids getting along, enjoying each other. Oh, I love that. What do you think our Heavenly Father loves? When he sees our kids getting along, enjoying life. I tell my kids all the time, right, uh, uh, we have all the dad jokes, right? Stop global whining, right? That's one of the phrases we use at our, our house. Stop global whining, right? I just, I can't stand the whining. Like, you know what I mean? That's just, it's innate in our sin nature that if I give all the kids a popsicle, but one gets a red one, well, how come they got the red one? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're finding something to whine about. You've got a popsicle, stop whining, right? But that's just in, it's in our sin nature, all of us, 
I'm picking on my own biological kids, but I think it's in all of us. If we don't work on it, our default position is to complain, is to whine. That is not music to your father's ears. On Father's Day, what delights your father? Ah, when you are enjoying life. I remember when my kids memorized uh, Psalm 100. I don't know why that one line of Psalm 100, it just leapt out at me when they would quote it to me. Because they got proud, right? They memorized the whole chapter of the Bible. It's only like, what, seven verses. But they memorized it, and I was proud of them. And it says, serve the Lord with gladness. I love that line. Oh, that's what I want my kids. I want them to take out the trash with gladness. (laughs) That probably doesn't happen too often, right? What does the Lord want from you? He actually wants you to be happy. He wants you to enjoy life. And I I was convicted just earlier this week as I was preparing this message. Man, I was so convicted. It was just a simple thing. I was driving home, I think, from church, from preparing for VBS, doing stuff here. I was driving, and I was getting frustrated with slow drivers. Um, (laughs) Drivers that don't drive as good as me. How about that? Um, I was getting frustrated with little things like that, and I don't know, just little things. And I caught myself getting frustrated over little things. And I told it, it was a small, still voice, right, that just said, are you enjoying life right now, Ryan? And I was like, oh, snap. Like, man, God, so I had to. God, thank you for a car that runs. Like, this car belongs to you. You bought me, this isn't just a a car that runs. Like, my first first car I bought for 500 bucks, holes in the floorboard, sunroof that rained, it poured on you. Like, anyway, I can go through it. I was happy to just have a car that ran. I have a car that actually has air conditioning. I have a car, like, all, I was like, okay, my, I have to change my perspective, change my attitude, and serve the Lord with gladness. What does your father want? He wants you to be happy. He wants you to enjoy life. What are the thoughts that he thinks towards you? What are the plans that he has for you? To prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to enjoy life. I, oh man, I, don't, okay, I won't be so specific. One of my kids, I pray over them almost every night, especially when they were a little small, like as a baby, that they would have the joy of the Lord. I, just, I really felt over that one child, they are to be happy and to carry a smile. They would bring God's presence. They would reflect the goodness of God just in their attitude and their smile. I prayed that since they were an infant. And so when I would see this one of my four children, when I would see them complain and have a bad attitude and I would see it spill over, not just an argument with their sibling, but then in an argument, then it would just like, I'm like, I would walk in and I'm like, why are you mad at me? I didn't do anything to you. You're mad and everything else in life is now in this big lump of everything stinks in life because one sibling did something to you. I'm like, you've got to learn to be happy. Don't let that ruin all the rest of your life. And I feel like that's just something the Lord is saying to us. Don't allow one thing that isn't going our way to ruin the rest of life, right? You hear the phrase all the time, happy wife, happy life. I'll go a little further. Happy child, happy father. That's what a father wants, is a kid who is loving life, who is laughing, who's playing, who's enjoying all the good things that God has provided, right? I, I think I quoted before, script, before worship this morning. Every good and perfect gift comes from our father above. There, our life is, I don't care who has the worst life in this room. You are so filled with good things. You are blessed as we're celebrating our nation I know we could pull out all, it's easy to find our faults and failures and the things that are going wrong in our current political system. Very easy to find all the things to complain about. But I still know and am convinced that we are the most blessed nation on the face of the planet. And are we just complaining or are we finding things to rejoice and thank God for? And so this is what, man, 
Oh, I have lots of good things in here. Uh, I didn't give you the verse. Ezekiel 47. It talks about the river of God that flows from the temple, that flows from his presence, that flows from God himself. The river of God flowing from the temple. And so Ezekiel 47 is talking about that. And it says that eventually as this water goes from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep to in over your head, you guys kind of remember this story, that finally it's a flowing river. And it says, it talks about this river. And so Ezekiel 47 verse 9 through 12 says this. Everything will live wherever the river goes. But swamps and marshes will not be healed. The trees that are along the banks of the river, the trees' leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. This is a picture for me of what the Lord wants the church or you and I to look like. That everywhere we go, we bring life. That we're not like these marshes or the stagnant water that doesn't move, right? What do I want as a dad? I want my kids sometimes that during COVID, I'm like, go outside, go run around, go jump on a trampoline, go do something outside. Don't just sit down staring at a screen all day long. Go do something, right? That's what I want my kids to do. I want them to be living life where it's moving, where it's flowing. Some of us, we have a relationship with God. Maybe we, we prayed a prayer at one point, and that's great. But God isn't saying he just wants a one-time moment. He wants his relationship to be flowing with him. The river of God flows from the temple. It says that's our source of life. When you aren't full of joy and full of gladness, can I tell you, you aren't connected to the temple where the water is flowing. Because it says that our strength comes from his joy. Not my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I don't feel like being happy, when I don't feel like rejoicing, then I've got to tap into the source that brings me strength to do it. It's his joy that gives me strength. So there's this idea that everywhere we go, we are meant to bring life. I, if you read that chapter, it talks about even the Dead Sea. That is this water, this river goes into the Dead Sea where nothing lives, right? No plants, no animals live in the Dead Sea. It says as the river touches the Dead Sea and begins to flow into the Dead Sea, even the Dead Sea is made alive. Wow. That's the picture of what God wants his children, the church, to look like here on earth. That we are so full of life. Jesus said it himself, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy, bring death. But I've come to give you life and that you might have it abundantly, overflowing. In fact, I want to read to you. I've memorized it in the New King James. Uh, what is it in the Passion Translation? I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I wrote this down. As a father, I don't want to just see my kids simply existing and getting through life barely hanging on. I want to see them life, live life to its fullest potential and have big dreams and high hopes and great expectations. I don't want my kids to settle for normal life or second best. I want them to prosper more than I have or ever will. I want my kids to outdo me in everything. That's what a father wants. A father wants his kid to take what the father gives and go do something with it. Not, I'll, I'll tie that into the third one. First thing a uh, father wants is a child who's healthy, who's growing, who's moving, maturing. Second one, who's thriving, flourishing, loving life. Third one, every father wants a child who builds, who builds, right? I think about, again, my kids, they're young. They played with Legos, and they're building things. They enjoyed building, well, 
At first, they enjoyed dad building blocks and them knocking it down, right? That's what the first thing they enjoy doing. Um, but then they enjoyed building. They enjoy creating things. See, I, as a dad, I want to protect. I want to provide. As they're young, as they're unable to move, right, as they're infants, I feed them. I do everything for them. I change their own diaper, right? I do everything for them. But as they're growing and maturing, I want them to learn how to take care of themselves. I thank God I don't have to wipe my kids' behinds anymore, right? I don't want to do that anymore. There's things I want my kids to learn, right? There's, ah, what's the word? There's independence and interdependence. Interdependence means there's a relationship. I don't want my kids to ever be 100% independent from me. Yes, I want them financially to be independent. Yes, I would love for that. But I want an interdependency. I want for me to enjoy a relationship with them just as much as they enjoy a relationship with me. I don't want it to be a one-way street. As an infant, it's a one-way street. I'm doing everything for them. I'm loving on them. I'm pouring into them. I'm doing everything for them. As they're getting older, I have some expectations for them to start doing things on their own that actually benefit me. Taking out the trash, right? I'm using that as more than once today. Things around the house. Hey, there's an interdependent relationship here. I'm actually gaining and getting something out of this. Your heavenly father wants an interdependent relationship with you. He doesn't want you to be independent. He wants you to get things from him, yes, but he actually he wants things from you as well. He wants you to build. I, I love this. I, I was reminded of uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes at this men's conference two weeks ago. I've heard him preach on it before. He was talking to men about building, and he used the analogy. He says, you know what? God doesn't make chairs. God doesn't build chairs. He makes trees. People, humans, make, tr- make chairs. As a father, he wants a child to learn how to do something with his life. That's what I want for my kids. Yes, as an infant, I don't care if they know how to do anything. I just want to love on them. I just want to provide everything for them. I want them to grow. That's all I want for them is to grow. Then I want them to enjoy life. I want them to be happy. I want them to laugh. I want them to enjoy everything. At some point, I don't want just spoiled children that have their dad do everything for them. And all I care about is them being happy. No, I do have other desires as a dad. I want them to do something with their life. I want them to make something. I want them to build something. I want them to leave a legacy. I want them to put their mark on history. I want them to be known for something. I want them to carry something everywhere they go. I want people to recognize God in them. And that's not going to happen if I just all I do is coddle them. If all I care about is their safety. If all I care as a dad, all I care about is them being happy. Actually, I have something beyond them just being happy. I want them to build. I love Pastor uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. He says that. He says, too many times people in the church are praying and asking God for a chair. God, just give me a chair. Please, God, just give me a chair. And God's like, I gave you a tree. I gave you a tree. Go do something with it. And I feel like that's, as dads, that's what we want our kids to do. I want you to go do something. Dream, figure something out, have an aspiration, have a goal in life. Go have a, man, skies, I want you to shoot for the moon. I want my kids, when I pray for my kids, I don't, I don't want them just to do mundane things. I want them to do extraordinary things, right? I love that. It's, it's innate within kids. They want to be astronauts, firefighters, right? They want to be inventors. That's so healthy, and I want to keep feeding that into them. I don't want them to be jaded by life and say, well, 
Realistically, you can never be in the NFL, right? That's, chances are one in a million, right? I want to speak life into them, truth into them, but I want to breathe into them to, to dream big. Oh, man, there's some Bible verses for this one too, right? Um, oh, I'm trying to skip because i got to get there. All right, really quick, you, don't have to, you can write down the references if you want. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? He loves building. He wants to build with you. 1 Peter 2, 5, present yourself as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary. So we have to present ourselves to be built, right? We are building with him. As I was reading through Ezekiel, right? Ezekiel um, 37 talks about the dry bones. And Ezekiel says this, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. There was partnership. Ezekiel, God wanted an army and he could have just gone poof and made an army. But he said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the bones. There's things that God, right? I quote this often from um, St. Augustine, right? Without God, man cannot. But without man, God will not. There's things that God will not do. He will not create a chair. He will not do things. There's things he will not do. He, he's capable, obviously. He's all, omnipotent. He has the power to do whatever he wants. But he's chosen to get what he wants out of you. Hmm. Yeah, okay, hold on. I'm trying to figure out the last few things I want to say here. I just, thinking about this idea of building, it's Jesus' great commission, right? Go and make disciples. He's not a taskmaster. God isn't up in heaven and he has these plans. And I want you to work hard over here and you to toil over here for me and get this done for me. It's actually, he wants what's best for us. As a dad, do I want my kids just to take out the trash because it makes life easier for me so I can sit back on the sofa and watch sports? That's not the real motivation for my kids to learn how to take out the trash, like I said, I'm not raising boys. I'm, ra I'm raising men. I want them to learn how to be a man. So I'm teaching them things that they don't enjoy doing right now because I'm building them character. There's things the Lord is building in us in character. I wanted to finish with this quote. I, I adapted a little bit myself. It's a famous quote from President Theodore Roosevelt. Some people call it the critic, and I'm skipping some stuff, and I'm adding to it. I'm changing it around. I'm going to make it a Father's Day long quote. But again, it stemmed from President Roosevelt. As a father, I want children who have grown and learned to actually step into the arena, whose face may be marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends themselves in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if they fail, at least fails while daring greatly, so that their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. As a father, I want a child who builds, one who shoots for the moon and doesn't always play it safe. I want a child who leaves a lasting impression on others with their character. 
one who is devoted to champion others. I want a child who never forgets who they are and whose they are. One who can keep their heads held high and sleep well at night, knowing their best was given and their best days are yet ahead. As a father, I want a child who continuously grows, thrives in all circumstances, and builds something of worth. As Daniel and the worship team comes on up, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this Father's Day? There's a whole bunch of things I said. But is there an area of your life that has been stunted in growth? And God is saying this morning through his word, and I love this, his word, it heals where it cuts. It's the double-edged sword. So on one side, when I read his word, when he speaks to me, he corrects me and rebukes me. I'm like, ah, oh, that cuts me. But at the same time, it gives me something it encourages me. It builds me up. So maybe there's a word this morning like that for you in this room. That there's something in your life where we need to grow up. We need to stop being childish, right? First Corinthians 13 says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Is there a childish area we need to recognize and own and say, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Forgive me. To honor you on Father's Day, I'm going to grow up. Maybe it's the second one. Maybe it's, we need to enjoy life. Serve him with gladness. There's lots of reasons why I can complain, but I choose not to dwell on those. I choose to rejoice always. Forgive me for complaining. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit encourages me and reminds me and guides me into all truth. Maybe it's that last one. Maybe it's time, and this convicts me, to stop being lazy. that we would be busy about our Father's business. Not busy about whatever just fills our days. Not with leisure activity all day long. But Lord, I want to do something that impacts your kingdom. I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done here on earth. And you don't get that unless I do something. I can pray it all I want, but you don't make chairs. Your kingdom isn't going to come if all I do is pray it. I've got to go do it. So before we sing this song, if you could just close your eyes, if you haven't already. And I just feel like on this Father's Day, the Lord wants to restore a healthy relationship between He as your Father and you as His child. And I said a lot of different things, but if you just feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, and you want to restore a healthy relationship with your father this morning. You need his affirmation, not just his correction. You know where you're wrong this morning. It's not hard to figure out your failures and your flaws. But maybe this morning, you need to know that you're loved, that you're forgiven, that he's proud of you. There is a father in heaven who is actually proud of you. That like the story of Job, he had a conversation with the angelic realm. He said, look at that man down there. Look at that Job. Oh, man, there's no one like him. I'm so proud of that guy. That you need to hear those words. There's a father in heaven who is proud of you. Despite your flaws, despite your imperfections, he sees you, he knows you. And he's in love with you.
wherever you're at in the map, you just know this morning your relationship needs to be restored. You fill in the blank, whatever that is. Maybe it's you coming to the Lord for the first time today. Maybe it's rededicating your life. You fill in the blank. But if that's you this Father's Day, you want a healthy relationship with your Heavenly Father. And you need something to happen today. Would you just raise your hand so I just know who to be praying over? Amen. God, I just thank you for everyone here, God, that we have you as a father. But I pray those that raised their hand that were bold enough to recognize that they need you. God, I thank you, God, that you never fail us. It says your love never fails. It's not because you failed us. It's not because you're unfaithful. Your love is great. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your love towards us. But I pray that you would make it known. Let them feel it in the inner man. Let the love of God be shed abroad in their hearts. That it be pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. That you are a God who is for them. That you are that line of the tribe of Judah. That you proudly take on that role as a lion and stand next to them and roar. It's not a quiet whisper you're saying just to them in their ears this morning. You're roaring it in the heavenly realm. This is my son. This is my daughter whom I love and who I am well pleased. If you want to attack them and come against them, then you got to go through me first. The accuser of the brethren, you've been silenced this morning. The voice of the Father roars. The truth of God undoes every lie this morning. The Father's love consumes and heals and restores today. So God, as we receive your love, it's with joy that we take on the mantle to be your children to serve you with gladness, to serve you as a child, to enjoy whatever you ask of us. With joy, we'll go do it. We choose to learn, to grow, to submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that you would shape us and mold us and make us who you want us to be. And that we would go from this place with our heads held high, ready to go and seize the day, to build with you, to make something of our lives, to dream bigger dreams, to go for it. As we read those words from our former president, to just go give it our best, to step into the arena and that all fear would melt and we'd have confidence that you are for us no matter the results. So God, we thank you for this Father's Day. We love you and we give you all praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing one last worship song? If you want prayer for anything, we'll have some leaders up front. Otherwise, enjoy your Father's Day. Love you guys. You'll be dismissed after the song. Oh, if you, there's any fathers that can stick around or just any mighty strong men, we need to move some pews.